0: Welcome to Pints and Pelvic Floors, a podcast designed to normalize the discussion around all things pee, poop, sex, and more. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Noble, owner of Pelvic Pride Physical Therapy and Wellness, an LGBTQ-owned transgender safe space and clinic for all. Grab a pint and come as you are as we uncover the myths around our genitals and destigmatize normal body functions, as well as normalize asking for help. So raise your glass, because it's a beautiful day to save pelvic floors. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Pints and Pelvic Floors, a podcast. Um, to get started, we are not going to have a beer of the podcast today because I am batch recording this ahead of um, some conferences coming up and some travel that we have. We'll be out of town, kind of in and out for the next three weeks, starting Labor Day weekend. So, getting a couple things recorded kind of ahead of that. And so, on a Tuesday morning in the office, definitely not drinking a beer, but they'll be back soon. So, to get started today. We're going to talk about our clinical ethos. So basically this is just kind of what we at Pelvic Pride believe in as far as care and just kind of how we want to structure and set up our clinic space and how we want our patients to feel when they are here or kind of out in the world um, sharing Pelvic Pride with their friends and family. So we're just going to kind of go down the list and talk a little bit about each of these clinical ethos uh, kind of checkpoints. So our first one is that we believe in an inclusive, safe, judgment-free space. What that means is we want to make sure that anyone is welcome in our space and that when you walk in these doors that you know that it is a safe space to share anything you need, that we are going to make sure there is no judgment uh, coming from providers whenever you're sharing anything from needs you have, concerns, questions, um, maybe it's the symptoms you're coming in for that you're worried about being judged for. Maybe it's sharing some part of your life or a goal, or, um, maybe something that impacts you. We talk a lot about sexual intimacy. And so, um, one of the things we have listed on our website, because I want patients to see it right up in the forefront is that we're kink positive. And so that's one of those issues when someone comes in and says, you know, I'm having issues with my pelvic floor, I'm having pain. And sometimes they're not super confident to share when they're having that pain or why they're having that pain, so we want to make sure our space feels very judge-free and safe to be able to tell us those details. Um, I had one patient that was coming in post vaginoplasty, and we kind of chatted through kind of what their goals were and what they wanted to do, what she wanted to do with this new vagina she has, and her answer was perfect. She said. I want to put anything in it that I possibly want to. And I was like, awesome. Okay, let's do that. Let's work safely to make sure that as you are healing and as we are letting all of our kind of scar tissue lay down as it should post-surgical, that it, it has elasticity and mobility in that new vaginal canal that we can put anything safely you want to inside. So... That is what we mean when we're saying safe and judgment free. Uh, there was no blushing or uh, batting an eye or going, oh gosh, well, you shouldn't put these things. No, it's her vagina. She can do what she wants. So, um, Also trying to just ensure we have different things kind of around our space, Um, signage and verbiage that shows that anyone can be here, Uh, making sure we have things like, you know, multiple seating options. That way people of all different body shapes and sizes can feel confident and comfortable in our space. Um, So that's kind of the, we believe in an inclusive, safe and judgment-free space. Our second one is we believe in one-on-one care that takes a whole body approach and considers biopsychosocial factors. So for this one, um, every time you come into pelvic pride, you will be working with one provider the entire time, meaning we don't work with any kind of support systems that are going to come in and maybe do exercises with you. Um, we're not going to swap patients back and forth. Um, that's just something we at pelvic pride believe and stand strongly with. Occasionally we'll have a patient who wants to see a different provider. Uh, Maybe they want multiple eyes or hands on. Uh, Maybe they want to consider someone else's specialty. Like here, Dr. Marlena has a background in neuro. And so maybe someone has some neurological symptoms or a neuro history that they would like to have her input on. She definitely can do that. I dry needle. So sometimes I'll pop in and dry needle a patient for Dr. Marlena. Um, But there's not a concern that if you call to schedule an appointment and you started with one provider, that you'll get switched without your consent and knowledge, um, or that you're going to be working with someone that's not a provider, not a physical therapist or occupational therapist that is the skill set to do this kind of care. um, Taking a whole body approach. So, we're looking at the fact that we recognize that you are more than a pelvic floor when you walk in the door. And so, we want to ensure we're looking at things like the hips, the low back, the abdomen, the diaphragm, um, maybe you have TMJ issues. A lot of that jaw clenching can create pelvic floor problems or be related or associated. Also looking at things like, um, you know, is there flat footedness? Is it functional? Uh, meaning the muscles aren't strong or aren't doing their job appropriately to help maintain that. Or is it form? Is it just the way your bony structures were created, um, as you developed and thinking through how does a flat foot impact the knee, which impacts the hip, which impacts the pelvic floor. So just kind of ensuring that as we are assessing and addressing, we're looking at uh, the whole body as best we can to make any changes, address anything that needs to be addressed to help with symptom management. And then considering the biopsychosocial factors, basically meaning we're looking at Um, kind of like, again, bio, bio, biology, kind of what's your anatomy, what's your makeup as a human psycho or psych, the kind of how does our mental health play into this? How's our nervous system and our brain playing into this? And then social factors, what's our lifestyle like, what's our, um, our finances, what's our family, what's our support what's our neighborhood what's our you know home life there's a lot that kind of goes into the social factors what is the expectation society's placed on you and how do you um, feel about that and so biopsychosocial covers a whole uh, spectrum of different parts of who make you know what makes us us and what makes us the person that walks in for pelvic floor PT. So it's super important that we take that into consideration. Um, Maybe there's a financial limitation. So we slow down some treatment. We space it out. We make sure there's plenty to do from home to help support what we're doing in the clinic. Um, Maybe it's recognizing that there isn't a lot of bandwidth to do some of the activities outside of home or outside of PT at home. And so that's where we're going to say, okay, we recognize your bandwidth currently is limited. So how do we take that into consideration when I give you exercises? Um, recently, I was working with a new parent and they said, honestly, I don't have a lot of free time and like the bandwidth to even try to exercise right now, but they're having some pain that we're trying to deal with. And so I was like, okay, but you mentioned nursing inside lying, Could you do some clamshells while you're nursing? And they're like, yeah, I guess I could. And, okay. Well, you lay on the couch with your knees bent like this. What about if we did some knees to chest, kind of working a little bit of core stuff that way? Like, yeah, I could try that. And I was like, listen, here are some movements you can try. If you get them done while you're nursing or while you're on the couch, wonderful. And if you don't, don't beat yourself up. It's going to be okay. But those are some places where we're already in those positions. So this is just adding one more thing, recognizing that telling someone, you know, to do All these things while nursing may be really challenging because that might not be a time they want to exercise, but for this person, they're like, yeah, that actually sounds like a good plan. So that is kind of one of those ways that we take these different factors into consideration as we're structuring kind of what our care is going to look like. So that's the, we believe in one-on-one care that takes a whole body approach and considers the biopsychosocial factors. Our next one is we believe that physical therapists or pelvic floor therapists are facilitators, not fixers. Um, there's a lot of symptoms our patients come in with, and I think they have this goal that we're just going to fix it for them. That's not always true. We can't just fix it. Um, we can facilitate your care. We can help facilitate a routine that's going to help to manage or even eliminate symptoms, but we can't just put hands on, fix a problem and send you on your way. So maybe I have one person. I recently was dry needling their upper trap, rhomboid, subscapularis, some of their shoulder muscles. That's great. I mean, in the moment he was sore when he left, he was okay, felt better. But if he doesn't work on some of the mobility things that we talked about, work on strengthening some of his shoulder stabilizers instead of just working on kind of the show muscles. And if he doesn't work on um, kind of changing just some of his routine to improve his postural, I mean, we looked at, okay, if you sit here, what's your pain like? Okay. If you sit there, what's your pain like? Okay, if we pull those shoulder blades back, if we kind of straighten up the spine, how do you feel? Shoulder range of motion improved. Um, pain in the shoulder decreased a little bit. And so if he can carry that posture improvement forward, it's going to help. And that's where I'm facilitating. I'm cueing. I'm showing him. Okay, change the posture. Move the thing here. How does that feel? And that's similar all, all along the spectrum of our therapy that we perform. Um, we can facilitate, we can educate and we can show you how to do things and what to work on, but we only get you during our treatment session. There's a lot of hours outside of the clinic that you have to work on this, you know, for yourself. And so that's where I say we facilitate the care. We're not going to fix everything. Um, we can't just wave a magic wand and it would be gone. Trust me if we did, we would love to. So we believe pelvic therapists are facilitators, not fixers. Our next one is we believe our plan of care should be both intentional and functional. And what this means is that, um, as we're going through, we're not just giving treatment exercises, mobilizations, um, hands-on work just because, just because it feels good. We want to work with intention and know that as we're going through these different movements, these different exercises, as we're going through, um, you know, these hand-on techniques, that there's a reason for it, that we have a, a purpose and a goal of what it's supposed to be treating and helping with. Um, I don't want to just give you a bunch of strengthening exercises to check mark a box that I did 15 minutes of therapeutic exercise. I want to make sure that the exercises are with intention of, you want to return to running, or you like high-intensity uh, interval training, or whatever it may be. We want those to be working towards that. The other half is functional. Making sure that when we're working through strengthening exercises, movement patterns, mobilization of tissues, trying to make sure things are not as tight. Things are loosening up and things are strengthening appropriately that we're considering. What is the function? What do you like to do? Is it standing on your feet all day at work? Okay. How can we improve hip strength and mobility, low back strength, core strength. So we're in a good posture instead of hanging on our ligaments or sticking our belly out, um, not shifting our weight over to one leg all the time, or is it, I like to run, or I like to pick up my little one, or I like to interact with my partner and go kayaking. You know, We're going to figure out what is it we can do and how can we structure that plan of care to get back to those functional activities you like to do. So we believe our plan of care should be both intentional and functional. The next one is we believe that the patient's goals are our goals. When, if you ask any pelvic or any physical therapist or occupational therapist in the world, the one thing we hate the most about our job documentation and paperwork. Um, paperwork is its just tedious. It's long. And when you're taught how to write goals in school, you're taught how to write goals for an insurance company because the insurance company wants to see what your goals are so they know that you are you know, hitting whatever landmarks they want to be able to pay you to do your job. And so sometimes goals... So the goals need to be measurable and functional and um, achievable. And so as you're writing them, patient may not have that goal, but insurance wants to see it. And so maybe the patient's like, I only need to be able to do this. Like what I want to do is this, this lower level activity, but you're going to make it look all big and fancy. So insurance is happy. That's not, that's not it. Um, sometimes our patients may have a goal where, um, you know, they're just like, I just want to get down to where I only have to wear a panty liner. And in my head, I'm like, I want to get them to where they don't have to wear one at all. But that doesn't matter. Regardless of if I you know, if I want to get them even better than they want to be, if their goal is just to get to a panty liner because of leakage, cool, we're going to get there. Not that I won't educate and say, hey, let's talk about once we get to that point, do we want to continue on? Um, but I'm not going to try to put my beliefs or my feelings or my functional levels onto other patients. And so whatever their goals are, those are my goals. Um, jumping back to our friend from earlier who said they want to be able to put anything inside of their vagina. All right, cool. Just because I wouldn't put something that long, big, firm, soft, whatever inside of my personal body does not mean I can't make a goal for them. And so really our plan as we move forward is that whatever our patients want to obtain, as long as it's, within reason of the care we can provide and achievable based on the way they present in our clinic and how they're progressing, we're going to make it a goal. And so we really want to listen to our patients and hear what they have to say as far as what they want to work on and then work on that. Kind of side barring on that concept. Um, sometimes our patients come in and I do see this a lot. They came in because we're a pelvic floor therapy clinic um, with a pelvic floor problem. So that's their goal. We're working on pelvic floor. And then a little while into the treatment, they are out for a run and they sprain an ankle. That day, they may walk in and say, my goal is to address my ankle. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Just because you're here for your pelvic floor does not mean we can't stop and assess the ankle. Because remember, we just talked about how the foot affects the ankle, which affects the knee, which affects the hip, affects the pelvic floor. So we take a pause on their pelvic treatment. Do a quick side assessment, okay. What's going on with the ankle? Swollen, range of motion is this, ability to weight bear on it, single leg is that. And then we treat it because that day their goal was to help their ankle pain. And so um, that's a super important one here that we believe the patients' goals are our goals. The next one is we believe the best clinical environment comes from a team approach. Team approach meaning um, working with the people within our team. So sometimes we will get together and chat about patient cases to see, hey, I'm trying these things, but we're still struggling with this. Do you have any suggestions? doesn't mean our patient's seeing a different provider, but it does mean we put our heads together to discuss kind of what's going on. Outside of our clinic itself, this also means working closely with Midwives, doulas, physicians, chiropractors, acupuncture, massage therapy, um, wellness and fitness coaches, anyone that can help support our patients and give our patients care, um, mental health therapy, um, really just any person provider in the, the area that helps. The symptoms helps manage things, helps to treat that biopsychosocial model. Um, We want to work closely. We want to be able to have open conversation with patient consent to say, "Hey, we're working on this right now in therapy. What are you working on? um, You know, in personal training, or how are you feeling in massage, or um, what's the acupuncture currently kind of targeting?" So that we know how to build together. A plan instead of working on things that are kind of counterintuitive. Maybe someone's trying to strengthen something and we're trying to relax something. Um, we want to make sure everything that your different providers are doing is all kind of working towards the same common goals. So we believe the best, the best clinic environment comes from a team approach. And our last one, we posted about this recently on Instagram, but we believe patients should feel seen, heard, and empowered. So patients should feel seen. They should feel like when they walk in the door, that they are not alone. And that, you know, within the models, the graphics, the drawings, the images, the handouts that we have, that people look like them, that there are people of different sizes, people of all different, um, you know, backgrounds, ethnicities, different colors. We want all different things to be, um, provided so that, you know, they're like, cool, I fit in here. Um, and, you know, that even comes down to like Dr. Marlene and I are covered in tattoos. You can see them when we treat, you can see them in our updated branding shoot we just did. Um, so that, you know, you'll see that. And so maybe someone comes in and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is cool. Like I'm not walking into a very stuffy location where I feel like, "Oh, am I going to be judged for something like this? Um, we want our patients to feel heard. So as they're sharing their story, they should feel like we hear what they're saying Um, that we're sharing back patient experiences from other patients we've treated that have similar cases or similar experiences. And so that kind of does go back to the scene and heard that they're like, oh yeah, you've had patients like me before. There is help out there. There is hope that I might get better or might find some relief or might have a good plan of care for this. Um, Heard is also just giving you time to tell your story. That's a huge part of our evaluation process. Um, we have a 75 minute evaluation for that reason. We want to make sure there's plenty of time for our patient to tell us everything they possibly can. Um, recently we got a, um, message on Instagram. I'm going to pull it up and read it to you about this from one of our patients. And they said, Dr. Marlena was the first person who heard me postpartum. She listened and felt, uh, helped me to finally heal. And so that is a big part of what we want to do is make sure our patients feel like they got to say what they needed to say and that their provider was listening, not just letting them ramble and then being done. But we actually care about what they're saying. We want them to ramble. We want them to tell us all the details and we're here to listen to it. And the last part of that is empowered. We want our patients to leave feeling like, okay, okay. They saw my problems. They heard what I had to say, and I have actionable items that I can make progress with. I can have, you know, go-to exercises. I have strength. I have things that are going to make me better, and they feel empowered to not only get help with us but empowered to continue that, po- you know, positive progress forward on their own as well. And so they um, are also empowered to have different conversations with the other providers in their life. Um, so we want them to know that, you know, here's how you can provide consent and how you can revoke consent. We want them to feel empowered that, you know, they don't need to just say yes because a doctor asking, but that they get to make that decision for themselves. And something we discuss a lot, we go over um, informed consent with the intake paperwork as well as in person while we're going through. Especially if we're going to do an internal pelvic exam, and so we want to make sure that those patients know, you know, at any point in time, you can say no. This is your session. If you decide during the session that you don't want to do something or something that you maybe started off saying yes but have kind of changed your mind on, you're welcome to revoke that consent at any time. Um, and so I think by giving someone that space and that power within the session, it does, um, really help them to see like, Oh, I said no, and it was okay. Nothing happened. Still got my care. Life is good. And so that is kind of part of that empowering. So empowering them to speak up for themselves and advocate for themselves and know that we will help advocate for them if they can't. Um, and then just leaving with something that they know will help their progress forward and their recovery of whatever brings them to pelvic PT. So that last one was, we believe patients should feel seen, heard, and empowered. Let's review those all one more time. We believe in an inclusive, safe, and judgment-free space. We believe in one-on-one care that takes a whole body approach and considers biopsychosocial factors. We believe pelvic therapists are facilitators, not fixers. We believe that our plan of care should be both intentional and functional. We believe that the patient's goals are our goals. We believe the best clinical environment comes from a team approach, and we believe patients should feel seen, heard, and empowered. So that's our clinical ethos. It just kind of gives you an overview of what we feel and believe in pelvic PT here at Pelvic Pride. Um, I think it's super important to have this as something that's very um, out in the open and talked about and accessible. So you can really decide, is this a practice or provider that I vibe with and feel like this is, you know lines up with my values too. Um, Or maybe you heard some of that stuff and you're like, ugh, that doesn't feel good for me. That doesn't line up with my values. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, I think the more we know that, the more time we can save by not wasting it, trying to figure out if something's a good fit or not. So that just kind of outlines it for you, what we believe at Pelvic Pride and kind of how we structure our care day to day and how we like to work with patients. So if you have any questions on that, on what, you know, Any more about what our clinic ethos is? um, If you have questions on how we implement some of these things in the clinic beyond what I've said today, definitely feel free to reach out. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening to the first couple episodes. Uh, Once we get down enough of them so I can get in a routine of how to record and things like that, all the technical side of things, um, we're going to start bringing on some guests. I've already had a few people I've chatted with, um, excited to bring on some really cool stuff. Uh, We have a possible, like a PT who works with oncology a lot. I'm excited to bring, um, this is someone that I met when I was first starting out as a pelvic PT and she was still in school. Um, I have another colleague who does a lot with like fertility treatment and cycle tracking and just kind of like natural family planning. And so I'm super pumped to hopefully bring her on soon too. Um, and then some Baltimore based people, some different uh, business owners and things that again, kind of fit into that, um, team approach to some like fitness owners and stuff like that, that I'm looking forward to bringing on. So keep an eye out. But until then we got, you know, some more episodes like this coming up. Um, I think one of the, the, coming up close, we might talk about different types of incontinence sometime soon. We're also going to talk about, um, what's the difference between a tight and a weak pelvic floor. So some fun, different stuff coming your way. Like I said, I'm kind of batching some content right now for some travel in September, but once we get through September, I think we'll be, um, kind of in a back to school, getting into fall kind of more stable place. So Hope you have a great rest of your day. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Like I said, any questions, feel free to send me a message. And until next time, cheers. Hey, everyone. Just a quick reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute providing medical advice or professional services. Please reach out to your primary care provider if you need any assistance.